Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. My name is Erda Thors, and this is the Asgard Podcast. So this week's episode is a very exciting one, as I am going to be telling you about the runes from Norse mythology. And this is going to be divided into parts, because I am reading from norse-mythology.org, written by Daniel McCoy. Uh, this is five parts, and in this week's episode I'm going to be reading parts one and two, and next week's episode I'll be reading part three, part four, and part five. So, this is part one. The first systems of writing developed and used by the Norse and other Germanic peoples were runic alphabets. The runes functioned as letters, but they were much more than just letters in the sense in which we today understand the term. Each rune was an ideographic or pictographic symbol of some cosmological principle or power, and to write a rune was to invoke and direct the force for which it stood. Indeed, in every Germanic language the word rune, from Proto-Germanic runo, means both letter and secret, or mystery. In its original meaning, which likely predated the adoption of the runic alphabet, may have been simply message. Each rune had a name that hinted at the philosophical and magical significance of its visual form and the sound for which it stands, which was almost always the first sound of the rune's name. For example, the T rune, called Tiwas in the Proto-Germanic language, is named after the god Tiwas, known as Tyr in the Viking Age. Tyr was perceived to dwell within the daytime sky, and accordingly the visual form of the T rune is an arrow pointed upward which surely also hints at the god's prominent role in the war. The T-rune was often carved as a standalone ideograph, apart from the writing of any particular word, as part of spells cast to ensure victory in battle. The runic alphabets are called Futharks after the first six runes, Fehu, Urus, Thurisas, Ansus, Reto, and Kaunon, in much the same way that the word alphabet comes from the names of the first two Semitic letters, Aleph and Beth. There are three principal Futharks, the 24-character Elder Futhark, the first fully formed runic alphabet, whose development had begun by the 1st century CE and had been completed before the year 400, the 16-character Young Futhark, which began to diverge from the Elder Futhark around the beginning of the Viking Age, circa 750 CE, and eventually replaced that older alphabet in Scandinavia and the 33-character Anglo-Saxon Futhark, which gradually altered and added to the Elder Futhark in England. On some inscriptions, the 24 runes of the Elder Futhark were divided into three Ættir, Old Norse families, of eight runes each, but the significance of this division is unfortunately unknown. Runes were traditionally carved into stone, wood, bone, metal, or some similarly hard surface, rather than drawn with ink and pen on parchment. This explains their sharp, angular form, which was well suited to the medium. Much of our current knowledge of the meanings of the ancient Germanic peoples attributed to the runes comes from three rune poems, documents from Iceland, Norway, and England that provide a short stanza about each rune in the representative firth arcs. Now for part two. While runologists argue over many of the detail of the historical origins of runic writing, there is widespread agreement on a general outline. 
The runes are presumed to have been derived from one of the many old Italic alphabets in use among the Mediterranean peoples of the 1st century CE, who lived to the south of the Germanic tribes. Earlier Germanic sacred symbols, such as those preserved in Northern European rock carvings, were also likely influential in the development of the script. The earliest possibly runic inscriptions that we know of is found on the Meldorf brute, which was manufactured in the north of modern-day Germany around 50 CE. The inscription is highly ambiguous, however, and scholars are divided over whether the letters are runic or Roman. The earliest unambiguous runic inscriptions are found on the Vimos Kamp from Vimos, Denmark, and the Avrestabu spearhead from the southern Norway, both of which date to approximately 160 CE. The earliest known carving of the entire Fedark alphabet in order is that on the Culver Stone from Gotland, Sweden, which dates to roughly 400 CE. The transmission of writing from Southern Europe to Northern Europe likely took place via Germanic warbands, the dominant Northern European military institution of the period, who would have encountered Italic writing firsthand during campaigns amongst their southerly neighbors. This hypothesis is supported by the association that runes have always had with the god Odin, who, in the Proto-Germanic period, under his original name, Vodanas, was the divine model of the human warband leader and the invisible patron of the warband's activities. The Roman historian Tacitus tells us that Odin was already established as the dominant god in the pantheons of many of the Germanic tribes by the first century. Whether the runes and the cult of Odin arose together, or whether the latter predated the former, is of little consequence for our purposes here, as esteemed by Indo-European scholar Georges Dumézil notes. If Odin was first and always the highest magician, we realize that the runes, however they may be, would have fallen under his sway. New and particularly effective implements for magic works, they would become the definition and without contest a part of his domain. Odin could have been the patron, the possessor par excellence of his redoubtable power of secrecy and secret knowledge. Before the name of that knowledge became the technical name of science both fanatic and magic which come from the Alps or elsewhere, but did not lose its former larger sense. From the perspective of the ancient Germanic people themselves, however, the runes came from no source as mundane as an old Italic alphabet. The runes were never invented, but are instead eternal, pre-existent forces that Odin himself discovered by undergoing a tremendous ordeal. This tale has come down to us in the Old Norse poem Hávamál, the sayings of the High One. I know that I hung on the wind-blasted tree, all of night's nine, pierced by my spear, and given to Odin, myself sacrificed to myself on that pole, of which none know where its roots run. No aid I received, not even a sip from the horn. Peering down, I took up the runes. Screaming, I grasped them. Then I fell back from there. The tree from which Odin hangs himself is surely none other than Yggdrasil, the world tree at the center of the Germanic cosmos, whose branches and roots hold the nine worlds. Directly below the world tree is the well of Urd, a source of incredible wisdom. The runes themselves seem to have native dwelling place in its waters. This is also suggested by another Old Norse poem, the Völuspau, inside of the Sierras. There stands an ash called Ektrasil, a mighty tree showered in white hail. From there come the dews that fall in the valleys. 
it stands evergreen above earth's well. From there come maidens, very wise, three from the lake that stands beneath the pole. One is called Urdur, another Redadante, Skuld the third. They carve into the tree, the lives and fates of children. These three maidens are the Norns, and their carving surely consists of the runes. We therefore have a clear association between the Well of Erd, the runes, and magic. In this case, the ability of the Norns to carve the fates of all beings. Presumably, then, after Odin discovered the runes by ritually sacrificing himself to himself and fasting for nine days while staring into the waters of the Well of Erd, it was he who imparted the runes to the first human rune masters. His paradigmatic sacrifice was likely symbolically imitated in initiation ceremonies during which the candidate learned the lore of the runes. But unfortunately, no concrete evidence of such a practice has survived into our times. All sources are taken from norsemythology.org and credit goes to Daniel McCoy who has written all of these articles on this website. Next week I will read for you part 3, part 4 and part 5 of these writings from Daniel McCoy and if you have any questions you can send me an email at urdathoris at icloud.com or send me a message via the new Facebook page which you can find at facebook.com slash asgardpodcast. You can also find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash urdathoris. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend. <laughs>